Hello, and welcome to another episode of Disciples Quest. My name is William. I'm Emily. And I'm Justin. And this week, I'm very excited because we're doing Hebrews chapter 6, and this one has a lot of good stuff in it. I feel like we say that every time, guys, but I mean... The Bible's just good. Yeah, and like this one, I actually had to pull out my NOT because some of the stuff... Yeah, I know. I never (laughs) used that. Like the dust off that. Yeah, and uh, because there's there's a lot of stuff in here that... Or not a lot. There's a few verses that I couldn't quite understand no matter how many times I read over it. And so I'm just like, this might make it easier. I don't know about you, but I do occasionally like reference the NOT yep. for certain things. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it a good one. Understand. But anyway, so before we get into that, first, Justin, how was your week? Well, the first half of my week was good. I uh, was honestly just working and... Whoa, 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 whoa. What does that mean? First half of your week was good. I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I was mostly just working. I had to do a lot of closing shifts. There's Black Friday sales, so just chaos at our store. Uh, it feels like I didn't even leave work. I was there. I closed every single day. So it was just, Hey, it is what it is. It happens. It'll be over soon. Even though the holidays are coming and it's going to get busy again, but that part was good. The part that wasn't good. We had a robbery at our store. Uh, we often have theft, but it very rarely involves a weapon. Uh, this time it involved a weapon and it involved that weapon being pointed at me. (laughs) Uh, I had a man, steal something and right on his way to the exit i knew he was going to steal it so i tried to direct him to the cash line where he then pulled out a switchblade uh pointed it at me swore and then uh said he wanted to kill me so that was scary luckily i am safe uh guess god had his angels around me uh and everyone around at our store so no one was hurt but still you know i had to obviously make a police report and dealing with all of that has been interesting. So, uh, I mean, I'll still accept any prayers you guys want to send my way or to the staff that were involved because people are pretty shaken up by it. It was also someone else at my store that had a knife directed very close to them. So that was quite the experience. Still hasn't really hit me yet, but I'm doing okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. he obviously didn't just drop this on us now, guys. Like He, he did debrief <laughs> us before the podcast yeah. actually the day of he messaged us um but that's something happened but um yeah that's not I, a single wound on you it's good yeah yeah i didn't get sliced up like fruit ninja so i'm good mm-hmm. now luckily like call it luck call it blessing whatever you want to say there's a person online that actually knew the person gave us their identity uh just off their own wanting to do it and uh, I looked them up. It's I found a picture of the dude on Facebook. We found who it is. So I gave it to the police. They're investigating. So hopefully I'll hear within the next few days if they catch the guy and hopefully justice is served because uh, I'll be pressing charges as well as a couple other people. So, yeah, I mean, definitely not something that I want to experience again. Yeah. yeah. But I'm doing okay. You didn't just threaten you. You threatened another coworker, right? Yeah. 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 So, it's great so that that person was there that knew them, though. Amazing. Yes, that was very nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something to, I guess, remember in your prayers for the listeners out there um, that they're, they're working on getting security or possibly getting security, if that's... Is that right? Yeah. There's like yeah, some push they're looking for it. into it now. Yeah, which so so that's that's really prayer nice. for for I guess security and safety for your store and for the people that were threatened, including Justin, that um, 
they're able to not to recover from it well to you yeah, know bounce be back. At peace. I know you said you feel at peace, and so that's good. I'm mm-hmm. happy to hear that. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of just a reminder that you know what, not everyone out there is good. There are people out there that are that want to hurt you, mm-hmm. and. It's unfortunate I had to see it in this way, but I mean, I saw it in past experiences in my life, uh, a previous time where I was assaulted by someone. But um, yeah, it's still important to remember that, that, you know, there is good out there, but there's Mm -hmm. also evil. Yeah. How was your guys' week, though? Whichever one wants to go first. My week is pretty good. I started my new job. Um, I kept my old one because a bit of the old one that works evenings because I guess I... We're just going through a busy season in our life uh, where I'm just working a lot um, to pay off some old student loans, but also like we're making financial plans to get a house in the near future. So that's fun. Um, I started, and I what I love about this job is that it's really close to my my home, and so I can walk to work and um be in the office because i the option to work from home is there for sure but like i don't like working from home i like to be in the office but uh on after the first day of coming home from my new job um i got sick like that night and wow uh, that sucks and I, yeah and so i emailed my i messaged my boss and i'm like i know it's bad timing but i'm pretty sick and if i come into work everyone's gonna know i don't mind i just want to know what the policy is so don't break the rules if there's like a no tolerance uh, sickness policy. And she's like, yeah, there is. So you have to stay home <clears throat> and we'll try to teach you from home over like teams, which never actually goes that well. But um, I mean, it didn't go that bad. She Anyway, but other than that, like I'm feeling much better. I mean, I my situation is pretty normal. It's nothing like Justin's. But um, yeah, I would say overall. Things are, things are pretty good, you know. I feel blessed to have uh, this new job that I enjoy. Uh, what about That's you? That's awesome, Emily. Thank you. Besides being sick, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's very exciting. Very happy that you got that job. This week was good. I went shopping today for Black Friday, even mm-hmm. though it's Saturday, but the sales are still going. <laughs> so I went with two of my friends, and. Went to Bath and Body Works, bought the uh, deal that they had on soap because I love their foaming hand soap. Like it's it one of the nice. only things that I like seek out for sales is always the Bath and Body Works. I hand actually soaps. don't blame you. <laughs> ah, yeah. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> when those holiday uh, season, the seasonal smells come around, mm-hmm. those are good. Yeah. And I like stocking up for to have some for like a couple of months and give them to people as presents too. So it's good. Um, so yeah, I was shopping again on a Saturday two hey. weeks in a row. <laughs> but getting the Christmas shopping done, I'm almost done. So that's a nice thing. See, I'm not you. I'm that guy that buys all of his gifts three days before Christmas. Mm. And I'm like, oh, shoot, where are all the options? Why are all the shelves empty? Ah, uh, I guess you're stuck with, a, I don't know, a pillow. Okay, here <laughs> you go. Here's a pillow. That's yeah, me. Yeah, we also did a big Amazon order this week too, because that's another good way to just knock off a bunch of presents. I um, usually buy all the gifts, and yeah, well, that's exactly how um, I've been doing it for years. I get them all in October, and because it's October, <clears throat> no, it's not. But um, <laughs> what I, I typically do because like all my most of my family's birthday 
is November and December. Uh, That's true, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like almost all my family. What if family. his was born on Christmas? Yeah, so what I do is I buy, I ask them for lists of things they want, and then I get all their birthday and Christmas gifts um, on one day. It's super efficient. Order it all in, and then, you know, I just get, get them out throughout the the next, the upcoming months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it works pretty well Yeah, so far. And um, I was nice, like, it was actually kind of nice having Will be kind of sick because I got to actually see him a bit more than I would have this week. I'll pray for that again. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm also very glad that I did not get sick from him. So that's a blessing right there. And he's doing okay. Well, so. you didn't get sick from him, but maybe you'll get sick of him. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. But yeah, overall, we're blessed. All right, so... uh. <clears throat> All right, so let's get into it. Um, I'm going to read from Hebrews 6 from the New Living Translation. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying of on, on the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we'll move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turned away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we don't really believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that you that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham, Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it, and without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath, so that those who who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable, because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Hmm. This is going to be fun. I also noticed that New Living is quite different than New American. Oh, yeah. 
Well, and you, I don't mean different as in like it's opposite. They, it just extrapolates way more. Like when you had finished uh, right before verse 13, I thought you were done everything. Also, you started reading about Abraham. I'm like, wait, you're at 13. So, uh, yeah, so it like turned, you completely lost your place. Yeah, I lost my place. It, it, to me, it seemed like it turned 10, 11, and 12 into an entire paragraph. So I'm going to switch to the NASB and we can start on verse one. Sounds good. Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. I find it interesting how it says maturity there in your version. In mine, I'm reading the New King James Version. It says perfection. <laughs> so being mature is perfection when it comes to spiritual matters, I guess. Yeah, I mean, obviously no one is perfect except God. Um, so, yeah, on this spiritual maturity sense, yeah, that, that would be mm-hmm. striving for perfection because Jesus would be the ultimate example of maturity. Mm-hmm. So I have a question, guys. Uh, like, What do you think the elementary teachings are that it's mentioning? Um, Just whatever was like basic teaching at that time. So like it might be different from what the basic teaching for us is during this time. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever the foundations are, um, foundational, like... Like, God is good, sin is bad. Yeah, I mean, it gives us a bit, like, a few things here, like, mm-hmm. right in from verse 6 to verse 3. Yeah. It tells us a few things, right? And so... Verse 1 to verse the, 3? Yeah, so it talks about the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and having faith in God and baptism and laying on of hands and so the resurrection of the dead the internal judgment and so he's saying he's referencing that those things are basics mm-hmm. and so we don't need let us um stop going over those again and again and again like a teacher with um i'm not sure if he's if he's saying that just as part of the book like all right well we've talked about this again uh i've beat this into the ground so let's stop going over this over and over again or if he's just talking about um, the people of Israel or the Jewish people in uh, the intended audience that he's meeting this book for. Uh, if he's just referencing the fact that like um, these are being taught to him, they're just refusing to hear or they've heard this over and over mm-hmm. again. They're refusing to hear so it. So if like faith, baptism, death, burial, resurrection of Christ, if that stuff is the elementary teachings, then what would be the mature teachings? Because I, I guess that's saying... I, from what I understood, was pretty much what you were saying. Like to me, the elementary teachings would be like the basic Christian doctrine. So I guess he's saying he wants them to have a deeper understanding of the Bible. Is that what you think he's saying? Yeah. Well, I think it has to do with the level of relationship that they have. So when you start off as a Christian, you might not know God as much as you do later on. And the things that are listed here are very like things like facts of like things they could see that happened before them it's like the deeper stuff like like it talks about raising people from the dead and stuff right Mm -hmm. but it's not about like the heart level things Mm -hmm. yeah well it's important to have a deeper understanding of your faith so you can because well it helps you grow as a person yeah it helps you grow as a person and grow as a christian and grow as a disciple but it also helps you um be able to well um and if also, if someone asks you a question, you're, if you understand something fully, you can 
point out the flaws in his bad idea, the flaws yeah. in his logic, or help explain an issue to him that he doesn't understand. <clears throat> and it's not necessarily apologetics level. We're just talking right. like you yeah. can, if you understand something fully, like if you understand how a car works and someone says a false statement about how a car works or something that's misleading, you can correct them on it. But um, but if you just understand the very basics, you know, key in the ignition, makes car go vroom, vroom, then like you're not going to be able to... Distinguish between things that may be right or wrong on a deeper level that is needed. Like that is needed. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's important to understand the ins and outs of your blinker fluid and things like that, you know? Of course. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I find it interesting. It says, surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of these things. And you don't need to fur- you don't need further instruction on baptisms, laying hands, and eternal judgment. I definitely see, especially for inter- eternal judgment, there are some preachers that I've heard that so hyper-focus on eternal judgment where you can tell that that's all that they put their attention to and they're not putting it to deeper, deeper parts of the scripture. Um, I think that can be a bad idea. I think that turns a lot of people off from Christianity mm-hmm. when you hyper-focus, especially on eternal judgment. Yeah, and I can understand why you would because, like, that's the end game. But yeah, so, I mean, that would be probably the argument that they would make. But what I would say, the thing that they're missing is that, yeah, that's the point in the end. That is the end game. But you need, if you're going to win hearts and improve the world, if all you do is talk about eternal judgment, you would be less effective than if you were to include other aspects of um, Jesus' teaching, right? And incorporate that with more of a balance, like practicing the fruits of the Spirit and things like that. I think that's why they include it in here. Because it just says, surely we don't need to talk about this again, right? You don't need further instruction about this. We've like we've got that down. These are things we've got down. And then it says, and so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Right. Because now, <clears throat> yeah, you've got, you, you got the basic fundamentals down, and that's great. Because I remember before it said, uh, like, you're still, you know, like, drinking mom's milk. Like, this is this is still, like, baby food, basically. Um, therefore, leaving the elementary teachings of Christ, we need to press on to maturity. That's what my translation says. We need to go on and mature. And now we need to have a deeper understanding. Um, so, yeah, I think that's an important. I think that's very important for this to be included. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, I think it's so important for us to have a deeper understanding of what the Bible teaches, almost to what you were saying a minute ago, so that we can be apologists because that, that is needed, right? Like, yes, we need to have the heart of Christ, but I believe biblical knowledge is, is, is vital because I, I wrote down some questions we might get. So I'll list off these questions and I want the listeners to just think about if you have an answer for these questions, because this will show if we are developing that spiritual maturity by reading the Bible. So once we become spiritually mature, we should be able to answer questions like these. What does it mean to repent? What is baptism and is it necessary for salvation? What is the Trinity? What are the two natures of Christ? What is the Bible about? Are the spiritual gifts still around? Who is the author of faith? What is the significance of the laying on of hands? What is the resurrection and final judgment? What purpose does the law have serving guiding Christians' lives today? What will happen when Jesus returns? These are all questions that once we become spiritual mature, I'm not saying we're going to have a perfect answer, but we will be able to answer these to the extent of what 
the Bible teaches us. And I think it's, it, that's, it's so important to have these answers. We need to be able to answer questions like these as Christians because we live in a world that is very mixed with religion, right? Especially here in Canada. You're going to have many people with many different perspectives. And as Christians, we need to be prepared to stand up for our faith. Yeah, you should be able, like, if you've been a Christian for 15 years, you should be able to answer a question, like one of those, like, you know, angry Twitter post type questions. Like when someone says something like, well, I mean, if um, if God is everywhere, why do you have to go to church to be around him? Like you should be able to, if you've been a Christian I have for to go years, just to church to see God? You're like, yeah, yeah, you should be able to... Like ans- like respond to something like that. Like I, I mean, I don't mean when someone's bodo yeah. to you. I mean, as long like, as they're good faith questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if, if someone says something like that, and like it shouldn't stump you. Be like, oh shoot, I don't know. Yeah. Like it, <clears throat> but anyway. people can be not spiritually mature and still answer those questions too. Oh yeah, and I, and I I don't doubt that even if there was a question that was shot at you that you didn't quite think about that God couldn't guide you to the right. I, I've had that before where someone asked me a question. And I thought in the moment, oh, no, I don't know how to answer this. So I made a quick prayer. God just helped me. And he did help me through that situation. But And that can definitely happen. But I do believe that it is better if we prepare yeah. ourselves. For sure. Yeah, I sort of, again, I sort of wonder, like, I don't know if he's um, just talking about, like, a continuation of this book. Like you said, that they put chapters and verses in after the books are written. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's hard. To, it's hard to say whether or not <clears throat> with the way it's formatted. I it kind of throws me off sometimes because I don't I know if he's just this is just part of the continuation of like if he's just referencing the fact that he's going over things again and again and saying all right, let's stop going over that now, or if he just means like they're hearing this stuff and they're not getting it um, out in the world like a stubborn or apathetic student. Um, mm-hmm. But I, if that is the case, then it could be that what this author is trying to address is the very reason that the, the student is being stubborn or apathetic. Like if someone is not hearing or refusing, if someone's not, if someone's choosing not to learn or refusing to learn or being apathetic towards it, uh, saying the same thing over and over again isn't going to make him get it. You have to address why that is Yeah, before they can finally... Um, be able to learn mm-hmm. anyway um okay so does anyone have anything to say did we just cover one two and three i think yeah what I does verse so. three say for you guys uh so if you're asking from the not and so god willing he will move forward to further we will move forward to further understanding and then the nasb says uh, and this we will do if god permits yeah that's what the new king games version said too and about this we will do if God permits. And I thought that was, I was like, huh? Like we will. Yeah. That's why like the NLT yeah. is, uh, there are some verses in here. I thought the NLT made a little more sense in our English tongue, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not saying the NASB doesn't have merit in this passage. Anyway, um, for, okay, I guess we can move on. So on to verse four, the, the controversial one. Yeah. Or at least the interpretation, the possible interpretations that come from it. Can Let's get into it. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who are once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of age to come, and then who turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him to public shame. Oh, 
What a bold statement, eh? Mm -hmm. That they themselves are nailing him back onto the cross. Wow. That sounds harsh. Intense. Metaphorical, but yeah. It's metaphorical. I know, obviously, but like the the, the idea of it is very intense. Yeah. So... This verse, uh, what do we think this means? Hey, uh, what, should we what share, do you think it means, Justin? Should, but before we share our thoughts, I could share the kind of three interpretations of what sure. it could mean. Sure, that would be helpful. Sure. Okay, I'll do that. So yeah, there are many interpretations of this, uh, like William had just said. So I'm going to show you, share with you guys a couple of possible interpretations, and then I think we'll try to draw what we think might be the, the case. So I'm reading this from EnduringWord.com. I just wanted to hear other perspectives other than my own. This is what I have. Okay. So this one says, if these are genuine Christians who lost their salvation, the terrible fact is that they can never regain it. In the early church, some groups, such as the Montanists and the Novotanists, or Novotanists, used this passage to to teach that there was no possibility of restoration if someone sinned significantly after their baptism. Others explain it by saying that this is all merely a hypothetical warning, in light of the statement in Hebrews 6, verse 9. In this thinking, the writer to the Hebrews never intended to say that his readers were really in danger of damnation. He only used a hypothetical danger to motivate them. However, one must say that there is questionable value in warning someone against something that can't happen. (laughs) I agree with that statement. That's hilarious. Still, others think that this penalty deals only with reward, not with salvation itself. They stress the idea that it says repentance is impossible, not salvation. Therefore, these are Christians of low commitment and experience who risk a loss of heavenly reward saved only, quote, by the skin of their teeth. This difficult passage is best understood in the context of Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 2. The writer of the Hebrews means that if they retreat back to Judaism, all the religious repentance in the world will do them no good. Retreating from distinctive Christianity into the safe ideas and customs of their former religious experience is to forsake Jesus and to essentially crucify him again. This is especially true for these ancient Christians from a Jewish background, since the religious customs they took up again likely include an animal sacrifice for atonement, denying the total work of Jesus for them on the cross. So that was from EnduringWord.com. I think that's interesting hearing a few other perspectives. Can you read the last one? Yeah. It was saying, um, this difficult passage is best understood in the context of Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 2. The writer to the Hebrews means that if they retreat back to Judaism, which these people probably were practicing before, all the religious repentance in the world will do them no good. Retreating from distinctive Christianity into the safe ideas and customs of their former religious experience is to forsake Jesus and to essentially crucify him again. This is especially true for these ancient Christians from a Jewish background, since the religious customs they took up again likely included human animal sacrifice, not human, animal sacrifice for atonement, denying the total work of Jesus for them on the cross. So, it looks like it could either be that one, it is true that it's cl- that um, that they lose their salvation and that they can never regain it. That's one. Another one could be that it was just a hypothetical warning um, that he was just telling his readers that they're in danger of damnation. Um, but then, like this was saying, it'd be questioning the value of warning someone against something that can't happen. And then there's another one, which is more saying that it's not saying that salvation is impossible. 
it's saying that repentance might be, and that they would still be saved, but you know, barely, and that they might lose some heavenly heavenly reward as opposed to their full salvation. Uh, and another kind of way to understand it is that he is just yeah he's warning them against falling back to the Jewish religion and practices, and because that is basically showing that Christ's sacrifice was not worth it because now they're going to go back to their old sacrifices and their old ways. So he's essentially nailing Jesus back onto the cross because of that. So from my perspective, I'm actually unsure of what it could mean. I don't know. If we read it, it just does sound like it's saying it is impossible to have fallen away. I guess what, what does that mean to fall away? Does that mean to completely lose your complete faith? Um, cause if it's true, it says it is impossible, uh, and then to restore them again to repentance since they again crucified to themselves, the son of God and put him to open shame. Um, so yeah, I kind of struggle on this part of what it might, of what it may mean. Uh, cause there, there's an interesting amount of possible interpretations here. Can you give me a second? I would like to read the NASB. Sure. <clears throat> Not just in the NOT. Well, uh, to help us. Um, get us uh, a different set of eyes on it. Let's uh, read from the NESB. For it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. You know, man, it, uh, the text just, to me, seems pretty clear. Like, I think that if, and it doesn't just say someone that just became a Christian, kind of, like, that doesn't really understand what's going on, and then falls away again, that that person can't be saved. Mm-hmm. It's talking about someone, it explicitly says someone who's already been, like, enlightened someone who has experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who has tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and then rejects all of that. So <clears throat> this is someone that, if you're the sort of person, I think, to experience God, love, and goodness, and to experience all those things, and how his ideas are superior to the others in the world, and you've experienced why those things are better, you've seen the benefit and you reject it and turn away from it, then I, I don't... Then I think what it's just saying is that you're all, the sort of person who then is impossible to repent a second time. I think that's what it's saying. If mm. you're just the type of person to see those things, if you... Um, see the to goodness see of God. good, yeah. and then reject it because of whatever motive or reason, it doesn't matter. You're that type of person. And that's you're just not the sort of person to turn back and to repent again. That's kind of what I thought it meant. You know what? You you brought up a couple good points. The part that I I needed to read a little bit slower is that it says, for those who have been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God. These, Yeah, exactly. These These are strong Christians. They believe with their entire being. They walk with God every day. They're reading his word. They understand his word. They have also felt the Holy Spirit and have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit, 
and have tasted the heavenly gift, which I believe is now, these are people faith, that right, have salvation. Like, repented and have it, have experienced why it is that Christianity is like they know that God is real and like they've experienced yeah. and they've seen why the ideas are superior and they've and then they basically just look at Jesus and spit on him. Yeah, they're like, all right, actually, you know what? Never mind. Uh, this is not for me. And they reject it. And all right, well, I can kind of see those people have evil in their hearts for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the reason is. And every situation is different. And every circumstance is different. I would never look at any individual person and just say like, okay, he's that person in the Bible because we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just never fully understood at a young age when they turned away. And like I, we, we have, we all have loved ones in our heart that have, um, either aren't Christians or maybe were and, and stopped being Christians or whatever for one reason or another. And like maybe you know them well enough where you can make that judgment call. But my my point is <clears throat> this is not for this is not here for us to to judge people in that way. In the way that this is judging someone is, I think, for God. But um like we're not to say that someone is without the ability to be saved. This is for God to decide. Uh, whether or not they're in that specific situation. But I think he's just laying down. Um, I don't necessarily think that God, if that person, I don't think what I'm saying is that if that person came to God a second time and asked for repentance, that God would turn him away. I just think you're saying it's impossible for that person to be able to repent. Right. Because it's like of, the of type of heart. person he is. Yeah. That might be like how it was warning us in Hebrews 5, or was it 4, of uh, don't hardening your heart. Person. Yeah. And what do so, you th what do you think, Emily, of of this if section? If you can do that, sorry, I just uh, one more thing. If you can do that, like if you're able, if you're the type of person that that can turn away from all that and turn back to evil and life of sin, then yet then you can't entice that person with the benefit of of repenting and turning back to God because he's already experienced it all and he rejected it. He knows what's already there, and he said no already. Um, that totally reminds me of a, a straight up of a Bible verse. Oh, really? Okay, so the the verse I was thinking that would tie perfectly to what you just ended with was in Matthew ten verse thirty three. Uh, Jesus says, "Those who whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven." But it, or yeah, let me reword that. It says uh, in Matthew ten verse thirty three, "But whosoever shall deny me before man." Him I will also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. So you live this whole life, or maybe not their whole life, but you live your life according to God's word. You're reading it, you're in the scripture, you're following the spirit, and then you deny him. Well, what does the Bible say in here? It says, well, then I'll deny you before my Father. Seems like justice to me. I don't know. You're, you're kind of right. Maybe I was looking at too many other versions when you read it. It does kind of seem straight, but I don't know. What do, what do you think, Emily, of what? of what Hebrews 6 is saying here. When I first read it, I was just really thinking about people who weren't like strong Christians, but looking at four again with how it's like they were enlightened fully, had Holy Spirit and tasted all the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. So it's like they just reject what they know to be truth. So they're like living a lie essentially after they reject it because they knew that it was true and they would still know that it's true but then there's just part of them that's just not living mm. that um so i don't think it applies to people who were never like fully into christian stuff because they could probably come back i'm guessing <laughs> they could actually get yeah. into it they were never actually i don't know it's hard to explain like i know what you mean yeah there's those people that um, 
Like, I feel like there's people who say they're Christians, but they're not fully enlightened, I guess. They're not mature, and then they fall away. And I think they can still come back to it and become more mature. So it's it's difficult to... I don't know. Yeah, there are, there are definitely people that might, might say they're Christians and not really, and they never really fully repented. And then one day they have that moment, and then they yeah. finally do repent, and then they finally do become so, saved. But I mm-hmm. think the reason why this verse is hard for some people to swallow is because not too long ago, we were talking all about how God is a God of mercy. And then they read this. I'm like, well, how can God be a God of mercy? He's not allowing these people another chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't and know. And I think that's why people struggle with it because they, they don't really understand what it's saying. I think for the people that have fallen away that are the fully enlightened ones, I think it's just an act of rebellion. And yeah, if I, they try to repent, they're not probably fully wholehearted in it. Um. And it's like Jesus cannot be crucified again, like yeah, you know yeah. So yeah, yeah. And I, I don't really think this is a, a common situation either. I think this is super rare. I've certainly never seen a situation like this. I've seen a lot of people that are like lukewarm Christians mm-hmm. or like <clears throat> Christians that aren't really Christians or whatever. Well, you do. It's unfortunately a trend right now where the very large church pastors are stepping away from the church mm-hmm. and are completely at oh. It was a certain band, and one of their lead singers completely dropped the faith. Oh. And he's just like, I'm not a Christian anymore. And everyone's like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Huh? That's crazy. You're a mainstream Christian man. So, I mean, with that, I don't know his personal life. Maybe he never really fully believed in God. But I think this raises a really hard theological question. So does this mean that once saved are not always saved? Ha, I wrote that down. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I wrote down the like the idea of someone saying, once a Christian, always a Christian. But I was yeah. like, that can't be true, though. The Calvinist belief of yeah. everyone who's pre Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really seen that in the Bible um, in, the, in the way that they explicitly written in the way that I think mm-hmm. would convince me that that's true. I think that people can become Christians. And mm-hmm. at least my current belief is that people can become Christians and turn away from it. Um, and I... I but. I, again, I, I think that the type of person that you see in the news that's like just famous and is like, oh, I'm, I, I don't know everyone's specific situation, like you said. I think it's more common that that person wasn't really like they, they didn't mm-hmm. really truly believe in their heart. They always had conflict about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's definitely going to be more common. Yeah, like the type of person it just seems really hard to believe that there's someone that there's lots of people out there that have actually experienced God's love, have actually mm-hmm. experienced like. A maturity in the faith and have been enlightened and understand these things fully and then turn away from it. Yeah. Like that's a great act of evil. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that happens. I think more often than not is people say the Christians that go to church and they seem like it, mm-hmm. but like there's something going on beneath the and surface that's they, like very different. Yeah. And then they start to go to their own selfish desires, mm-hmm. but, or their friends uh, have like these like progressive thoughts that they feed them and then yeah. it's enticing because they're not experienced enough or mm-hmm. wise enough of the faith to understand yeah. why they're wrong. And something that's hard is how like when people die young and they're not living the full Christian life and um, they said the sinner's prayer when they were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, people say to them, oh, well, they said it when they were a kid and they have faith that that person did go to heaven. But if you look at the last like however many years of their life, it's like they weren't living Christian life. So it's mm-hmm. it's a hard situation. And that's the thing, right? Is that God doesn't look at 
or words, right? I mean, the Bible says the tongue is one of the most dangerous parts of our body. I'm not saying they didn't mean it in that moment. They very well could have. But just like anyone else, we should judge based off of our actions. And God will look at our lives and how we live them. Mm -hmm. And did we live them according? Did we pick up our cross daily and follow him? Yeah. I don't mean that if you don't pick up your cross every single day and, and like, you know, live every single day as hard as you can according to God, you won't go to heaven. That's, you know, humans are imperfect Mm -hmm. and there's no way we'll always fall short of the glory of God. But if you, I don't know, that's a a really hard question, right? And there is no way for us to really know the answer because God God is the ultimate judge. Mm -hmm. And he looks at that, he knows their hearts better than all of us. Um, I wrote that down. Is that from God, see, from our perspective, uh, people may have the appearance of salvation. They may look like it in, in their actions and how they talk to us. And, and even like if they're like a worship group or band, like I was saying, or a pastor, well, of course he's saved. What do you mean? Look at what he says. Mm-hmm. But from God's perspective, he knows their true heart and their intentions. And yeah. it may not be the case. And I've seen people fall away from Christian faith and I've wondered before, like, were they ever really Christians then? Because how can yeah. you fall away from it? Did it actually transform them? Like, they just go and reject God. How do you reject such a gift? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. such a, a life-changing, powerful, like, uh, the things that the Bible teaches. It's, like, once you understand it, you're like, oh, well, why would mm. I do anything else other than that? And not to talk about Jordan Peterson, but he brought up a really good criticism of of Christians is like, he's like, I don't know how many of them actually believe it. Cause he said, do you not realize that the gravity of what this means? If it's true, he's like, if this was truly, if this was truly right, how come you don't believe it with every aspect mm-hmm. of your being? He's how like, can it yeah. not change your life? How can it not completely change mm-hmm. everything you do? And I think he's yeah. right about that. It's like, should. if you, what was it? If you truly believe this, then it would completely change your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, that's a scary thought to think about that there's a lot of Christians out there that aren't really like living, trying to live like Christ or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. it, it it is, man, like this, this was a great conversation. Cause I'm just, that verse was just, it, it made me think, right? Like, Oh man, there are people that experienced everything that I've experienced with Christ and look, still look at that and go, nah, I'm good. I'll just do what I want. Even after experiencing everything that they experienced. And I think God is completely just in saying, okay, you saw the Holy Spirit working in your life. You know the good word of God. You, you know, you yeah. saw you were baptized and yet you still deny me. All right. Well, mm-hmm. if that's what you want, then that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like not even that you're misled or you don't understand. It's like, you completely understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You understood uh, light from dark and what's good and evil. And you understood that this is the way you should walk and you turned away from it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> well all right. <laughs> if that's uh, what you want, well, you can have your cake and eat it too then. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't think this is super common. I think this is... Like I get yeah, that. I agree media. that I agree with you. It's probably I just the think, rare occasion. Yeah, I, I just think that in today that there's lots of like cultural Christians and like there's lots of liberal woke Christians and and there's lots of like lukewarm Christians and lots of people that are Christians uh, as a personality, but like they don't mm. really mean it. 
And so I'm not. I I, I think it's and like even a lot of fundamentalist Christians that yeah. that not really don't really have it, the spirit with them, and they're just <laughs> by the book, by the law, mm-hmm. without any <laughs> grace. Yeah. So I. Yeah. Anyway, I. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Anyway, thanks for bringing the other perspectives, though. I didn't. Yeah. Even no think, problem. Mm-hmm. Think yeah. Of that. We all need the Holy Spirit. That's what transforms man. Amen. What do you guys think of the analogy that it used at verse 7 and 8? Should I read it? Sure. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and... Thistles? What does yours have? Brewers? Mine is thistles. Mine is is thistles too. I'll just say thistles. (laughs) And thistles, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. analogy. So, okay, well, to keep it in context, I might interpret this a few different ways, but to keep it in context of what was just said, um, I guess the ground's looking up the falling rain. That falling rain is... Um, the experiences that God is giving him, the the grace, the knowledge, the knowledge, yeah, yeah, the enlightenment, and all that kind of stuff, and the ground that soaks that up bears a good crop for the farmer. It has God's blessing, but if it rejects it, the field bears thorns, thistles, then it's useless, hmm. and the farmer can't use it, and so God can't use that person if He's given them every chance and they've turned away. And not that's just useless. It says, and it ends up being burned. Yeah. Like that's that's the that's the end result. That's true, right? Think about that field. You you work hard and you look at that field and all it yields was thorns and thistles. Like, well, that was a complete waste and time to burn and restart. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really restart if you're burned, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. We yeah. Well, Move on. To make space though for new life though. There's another that that metaphor goes deeper than that. Like it's, it does, yeah. It's not that God looks at you with like spite and goes, huh, well, I'm, I don't really like care. I care about you anymore. I hate you so much. I'm going to burn you alive. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it's making way for, you burn the field to make a way to, for, for new life yeah. to be useful. So you can benefit mm-hmm. you and the people around you. And so yeah. likewise, um, you can't have sin in the kingdom of heaven. And so, yeah. You, and, you have to protect anyway. I, I don't need to go down that. I, I mean, I think that's exactly what the next section is going to like. But the next section for me is, is titled Better Things for You. Mm-hmm. Because right now it ends on a pretty stern note, right? It ends up being burned. Is talking about, you know, if you if you experience all these avenues of God and you still deny him, well, mm-hmm. then he'll deny you. And then it's saying, but if you guys are okay with going up to nine now. Um, so I just want to continue on eight. Then I'll cut that out. With uh, seven and eight, I think the main thing that it's saying is like you get blessings, you bear fruit, you bloom when you're using what God gave you, but you risk having the curses when you reject what God gave you. When you reject that salvation, you just Mm -hmm. become useless and nothing. And it's really sad, like a shriveled up plant or a thorn. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, um... Like the apple that you accidentally left in the trunk of your car. You open it up. It's all rotten and stinks. Yeah. You're like, oh, dang it. That was a good apple. 
when I bought it. Yeah, but then you feel the growl in your stomach. Uh, Well, I guess I'll eat it anyway. Especially when you leave things in the crisper and forget about them and they're just there for months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like our crispers that aren't translucent, so you can't see uh-huh. through them. It's like, like what? what's this box? orange doing here? <laughs> you open it. Is that an like, orange? Oh, no, that's right. Why or is it that, all yucky looking? Have you ever had a time where you... makes uh, an opaque crisper? That's so dumb. I want to see through it. That's true. I want to know what's inside at all times. That's good <laughs> I don't want to put something in there and then forget about it yeah. for a month. Have yes. you ever had it where you uh, had a potato sit for too long and starts to grow those sprouts? Oh, yeah. Ew. All the time. Oh, all the time. Well, I just cut them off. They're not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I feel they're just dumb. roots, dude. Oh. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh. You okay, probably grow a new potato plant with that. I thought it was some weird disease or something. No. Okay, you know what? I think we'll end it there for today. Um, I think that was a really great conversation. And it I, was. I can't wait till the next episode because it's kind of the conclusion of what we just talked about. Because what we just talked about, some pretty um, stern lessons from the writer of Hebrews. Um, and then he gets to conclude in this next part where it's, it's titled Better Things for You. So we get to hear... Um, what God has in store for for those people there. So can't wait for that. Um, but for now, thank you guys for listening. Um, but before we do the outro, we'll say a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. There is a prayer that I heard uh, this week when I was listening to music um, from the cathedrals, old Christian gospel group. Uh, George Younts did a prayer at the end of the song. And I j- it just touched me, so I wanted to share that today as the prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for music and singing, and for giving us so much to sing about. Thank you for simple things, the sun coming up in the morning, rain when the ground is dry, for sleep when our bodies are tired, and good meal when we're hungry. Thank you we can feel things, that we can laugh and cry. Thank you for the good times, but thanks for the hard times, too, that keep us depending on you. Thank you for homes and children, and for giving us the chance to know what it's like to be loved. But most of all, thanks for giving us your son. Help us to love like that. Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you for being so good. That was lovely. Amen. <laughs> That's all we have time for today, guys. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We do have social media, and you can follow us on as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Feel free to comment and ask questions on any of those platforms. We also have a website, disciplesquest.net, where you can find, us, find all of our online activity aggregated. There's a contact form there where you can reach out to us directly through our email if you prefer that method of communication. And please send us our, your questions, criticisms, ideas, or stories. We don't get enough of those, and sure we'd love to have more. <laughs> you can find Emily's blog on our website and on Facebook that is dropped every second Wednesday, so be sure to check that out. And quick shout-out to our Patreon subscribers, Philip, Brendan, and Darlene. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If anyone else would like to support this show, then prayer is always a good option, and we certainly can't get enough of that. But Patreon is the best financial option for support. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for your prayers. And may God bless you on your quest to become better disciples. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.